Hello and welcome again to Calvary Carlsbad. We are so happy that you chose to join us on this online journey. It feels like week 100. It's probably like week seven or eight or something. I don't know, but God's using it and we uh, want to be faithful in this season. So thank you for joining us and uh, making this part of your Sunday or whatever day you're watching it. But yes, Today, we are going to be in the last, starting the last chapter of Galatians. Galatians chapter 6, and we're actually going to be going through five verses today. Um, the, this message and this, this scripture, it's all about restoration, right? And really, that's kind of the overarching theme of since the fall has been restoration. God restoring us. It's, it's his heart to see us restored to fellowship with him, to intimacy with him. So uh, we're calling this message this morning, Operation Restoration. So if you'd open up your Bibles to Galatians chapter 6, we'll read through verses 1 through 5, and we'll pray, we'll get started. So thanks for joining us. Brethren, if a man is overtaken in any trespass, you who are spiritual, uh, uh, restore such a one in a spirit of gentleness, Considering yourself, lest you also be tempted. Bear one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if anyone thinks himself to be something, when he is nothing, he deceives himself. But let each one examine his own work, and then he will have rejoicing in himself alone, and not in another. For each one shall bear his own load. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you so much for this just time this morning where we can gather together and get into your word and we pray lord that you would just penetrate our hearts and and open our eyes to see what you've called us to which is to be restored in you and to want to see others restored in their relationship with you god and so um lord we pray that you would just convict us where you need to convict us and you speak to us where you need to speak to us god give us eyes to see give us ears to hear and that we'd be attentive to what you are doing in us and through us. So we just thank you, God. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So uh, this is the last chapter, like I said, and we've been going through, I've been kind of doing, there's like a little bit of a breakdown uh, in Galatians. There's really three sections. The first one is Paul's defending his apostleship because there was issues with the Judaizers and they had uh, started to question Paul. And, and so Paul's saying like, no, I'm definitely an apostle and you guys should know it. Uh, the second part is Paul's defending justification by faith, that we are justified between God by faith alone, not by works. Works doesn't add to it. Works doesn't complete us. It is only found in the work of Jesus. And we will be closer to God if we are trusting him by faith and we allow grace to be uh this active part of our lives where we make mistakes and we come back to him for grace. It's not this self-made, um, man-centered religion. So this, and then this last section has been on walking in the spirit and Christian living. So, uh, last week we talked about walking in the, the difference between the flesh works of the flesh and walking in the spirit. So, um, they're they're evident that there's two very different fruits that are produced and one of the things that he had said is 
if you are allowing these works of the flesh to be define your life or to dictate your life, then you're missing out. And, and actually, you could be missing out on the whole picture because you just haven't seen how good God is yet. So um, we're going to continue kind of on with that. Again, verse 1. Brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, uh, lest you too be tempted. So Paul's speaking to the Galatians about a brother or a sister who is caught in sin. This is different than the those who are uh, consumed by the works of the flesh, those who will not inherit the kingdom of heaven. Because we're talking about a brother or a sister that's caught up in sin, that's ensnared, that's overtaken by a transgression. We've probably all been there. I mean, I know I've been there. I'm, I'm, I'm sure everyone's been there at one point or another in their life where you are saved, you know Jesus, but you've gotten swallowed up by sin and it's overtaken you and you kind of can't even see your way out. You're just, you're trapped and and um, Satan's got his grips on you. He's, he's pulling and holding to you and it's taking its toll on you. So uh, if anyone's caught in a transgression, that's the idea of being caught in a transgression. It's not like your lifestyle's that, it's you've been snared, you've been caught by it. You who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watching yourself lest you also be tempted. So brothers who are spiritually mature should look to restore with the spirit of gentleness. Um, I think it's important to understand uh, that we can all be caught in this place and still be brothers and sisters. We can be caught in sin and still say we belong to God. But we want to, once you acknowledge it, once you recognize it, you want to get out of that position as soon as possible, right? Because we know sin takes a way bigger toll on us or heavier toll on us than we ever can acknowledge at the moment. It's because we're being deceived. When you're deceived, you think things aren't a big deal or you think things are a big deal and your whole compass is off. You can't see the direction you're supposed to go. It's all messed up. So if, if there is someone overtaken, those who are spiritual should be actively looking to pursue that person to help them but at the same time, uh, if you're the one that's ensnared, you, you want to get out of there as fast as possible yourself. So once you acknowledge it, say, God, please hit me, grip, grab me, pull me out. This is not where I want to be. But those who are spiritually mature should look to restore with a spirit of gentleness. This is what it looks like with someone who's walking in the spirit. A life that is led by the spirit will be one that will be looking to restore someone. Because that is like Jesus, right? We just see that's the whole point of why Jesus came, is to restore fellowship between us and the Father. This is the heart of God, restoration. He didn't just throw us out. He didn't just say, forget it. Like, I'm done with humanity. Like, let's start over. This has been a mess. I like, you could make a point for doing that. <laughs> and, and you could see it even right now. You could just... God, why are you so, like, why do you wait? And why are you so patient? But we are so glad he is. Um, but those who are spiritually mature should have that same mind of restoration, that same heart of restoration, right? Uh, even, you know, Jesus, when after he had 
gone to the cross and Peter said, I'll never deny you. And of course he did deny him. And uh, Peter is down and out. Jesus raises from the dead. Peter's excited to see him, but he's also just super ashamed because he's like, man, like I, I thought I was your boy. I thought I had your back and I didn't and I blew it. And what does Jesus do? He takes that beautiful scene where we see Jesus breakfast by the sea and they're having fish and Jesus restores Peter. He's all about restoring him. He's all about bringing him back to the active place. And, and this is why grace is so important in the life of a believer. We need grace. Like we need that restoration and we're gonna need it again and again. And we need to have that grace for each other and mercy for each other. So we're gonna have opportunities to be part of restoring people. And on the flip side, they're gonna be there to help us too. Because one of the things we'll get into this in a second is we're so deceived. It's so easy for us to not even know how overtaken we are and we need one another. Uh, there's two, usually there's two sides, right? To when we see someone overtaken in sin. The one side is to heavily judge and to mock and to fire down, ring down fire and talk about how, you know, how messed up you are and how dare you trample over, you know, the grace of God and the blood of Jesus and, and that heavy legalistic trip. And then there's the other side, and that's obviously wrong, right? That's not where we want to be. Um, the other side, though, is to act like there's nothing wrong at all. And just to be like, man, whatever. I know it's wrong. I know they're overtaken. I know they're, that they're being suffocated by their sin, but I'm not going to really do anything about it. I'm not going to be involved in this. That's not my deal. And it's a really hard balance to, to find. But the way we find that balance is right here. It talks about you or spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch over yourself lest you to be tempted. <laughs> a spirit of gentleness and watching so that you yourself might be tempted is humility. And humility comes from recognizing we ourselves can be in the exact same position. And we are so close to that same position. We are so desperate for the grace of God. We are so desperate for his restoration every day. I need you, Lord. I need you every hour. I need you. And as we recognize that, as we recognize like we have no pride before him. So there's no way we're going to be smashing down on people. But also we're not going to act like we don't need him when we do. We need him. Right? I don't want to, I don't want to be found in a place where I'm... Uh, hardcore against people and smashing them down and discouraging them and and making myself feel elite before them and making them look bad so I could feel good. That's not the grace of God. That's not a spirit of gentleness. At the same time, we don't want to neglect when God is calling to use us as agents to help someone, right? Because that's the point. If anyone's caught in any transgression, we should want to help them. And we want to keep watch of ourselves over ourselves, right? That's the other part. It's our vulnerability. This is that keeping watch. It's our vulnerability that helps and actually aids in our gentleness and it aids in our grace and our longing to restore because we recognize how many times we've needed to be restored and will need to be restored, right? Like, it's so crazy. Like, we are so flawed. And if, if we forget that, it's, this is trouble. You know, that's, it's always concerning when you hear like, 
my testimony. I used to be a sinner. I used to be like this. I used to be like that. It's like, well, what are you now? Do you, are you good? Are you perfect? Are you like, you don't sin anymore? You don't struggle anymore? I can't relate with that. <laughs> like I still struggle and I still get caught up and I'm, I need brothers and sisters. One of the people that is the most active in this way is my wife. <laughs> Tori is so good at like gently reminding me. And a lot of times you want to kill the messenger, like not kill, but you want to be like, who are you to say that to me? You know, whatever. So good to be convicted and to be, you know, encouraged. It's faithful are the wounds of a, of a brother, right? Of a, you know, where they're honest with you and they're being real with you. Um, but that's where that gentleness comes from, from that place of where we're looking, we're like, man, I don't want to stumble. I do, so I don't want to think of myself too highly and think I can't fall, right? And I don't, I also, I want to be really careful here coming into this situation because um, especially when you're helping someone who's struggling and who's being tempted, it is so easy to be exposed again, even to sin that you weren't exposed to before, you know? If you struggle with uh, alcohol abuse and, and uh, getting drunk, your ministry is probably not in the bars. <laughs> That's just all there is to it, right? And so a lot of damage is done by people being where they're not supposed to be, doing something that seems noble, but they're putting themselves in a position where if they were to really think this through, they'd, they'd recognize this is not where I'm supposed to be. This is a place where I will easily fall. Of course, we could all fall anywhere, but there's certain things we are way more susceptible to. So, verse two, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. This means help when you see the opportunities, okay? This is, this is where we look are looking around and, and we see people who are struggling and we see that there are heavy burdens on their life. It's offering when someone, think of it like this, when you see someone and their hands are full of groceries and there's oranges like falling out of the bags, you go and you help them grab some of those bags of groceries. You lighten the load. You, you, if you see someone walking and they can't see and there's a stumbling block in front, you move the things that, that could trip them up. You, you do everything you can to bless one another, to help one another. This is part of it, right? This means we love one another. This fulfills the law of Christ. And what is the law of Christ? This is, this is John 13. Verses 34 through 35. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. We've hit this many times, but it's because it keeps coming up. And this is the law of Christ, right? This is exactly where we want to be. That love for one another, that's looking to, to take burdens to help each other and it's amazing like God is the one that that sustains us that holds us that can give us peace in the midst of storms but he uses his people to do this that's exciting because that means your life is very valid and that means when you see someone hurting when you see someone struggling God wants to use you to accomplish his will to be part of what he's doing which is to minister to those people to lighten their burdens to help them where you can the idea of burden, it's like a heavy load. It's like 
more than they can carry. Well, you start bringing more people into the equation and it helps, right? Say so you're carrying a heavy table by yourself. Someone comes and says, let me grab the other end. What a lift that is, right? Say you're moving and um, you think you're going to do it all by yourself. And all of a sudden, a whole crew shows up. Unreal. Like, what a difference. You know, we had that, that happen. Uh, one of our moves, I remember, there was like, we had almost like more people than we knew what to do with them. It was when we were moving from here to Orange County and a bunch of people from the church came and we had the whole trailer loaded, I think, or the whole truck loaded in like an hour. It was just crazy fast. But it's amazing to see what, when people come in, you could, t many hands make light work and we can help hold and and share in burdens all the time and usually for the person who's doing it it's almost like more life-giving to you than doing nothing at all and to the person who's receiving it it's like a life-saving measure <laughs> it can be like the the enough wind in their sails to continue on so we're mindful of that because we want to love one another and this is practical love love has to be practical it has to be played out what is the greatest love we've ever seen? It is God's love for us by sending his son. It's an action. It's not just lip service. The action is what proves that the love was sincere and it leaves no doubt. So we get to use our action to love one another. And that is so cool. By the way, I think our church is really, really good at this. I think they're good at loving. You guys are good at loving one another. And that is such a witness and such a blessing. Verse three, for if anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. So here again, we see pride is a major, major issue. Arrogance and pride will uh, keep us from seeing things clearly. And it will deceive us and it will rob us and it will destroy us. If anyone thinks himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. This is destroys what God wants to do in our lives. And it destroys what he, what he wants to do in other people's lives through us. So Tori and I have been talking um, about uh, things and, 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 and we, were, we were saying how there, there's like so many things you're so sure of, right? There's, like you, you're so sure of so many things and there's so much arrogance. When you're so sure of something, there's a lot of arrogance. When you think you're so right about everything, you have all this arrogance and then a lot of times you find out you actually didn't know the whole story. You actually didn't know where they were coming from or what was really going on. I thought it was really cool. Uh, Lecrae, who's a Christian rapper and he's, he's really a, wise guy like not wise guy in a bad sense but he's he's just super good at holding the balance and and the tension of society and and he says what do you think do we get back to work or do we stay in he says let's be civil i just want a conversation let's talk about this and um amazingly it, it has stayed pretty civil <laughs> but i thought it it was so cool because he would ask questions and he would say yeah, he's like, okay, so interesting point. So why do you think that way? Like, that's interesting. So what would be the motives behind that? And then he'd go to the other side and be like, okay, I see what you're saying. That's interesting. I haven't thought about like that. And, and uh, people, he said basically like, what we've got to understand is we all see things dimly. 
even this whole quarantine, this whole shutdown, all that stuff, there's a certain degree where you could be fully convinced you know it all, but you probably don't, right? Because chances are you just don't. I actually watched a city council meeting on Friday and um, about opening up the beaches and the trails and all of that stuff. And uh, it was so interesting to watch it actually go down and to hear them talk. And uh, I, got, I got, had a lot more grace for everyone in the equation when I heard the conversation, right? As opposed to just hearing like results or, or ends, you, you see what's going on and, and you recognize, okay, well, maybe not everyone's purely evil and maybe not everyone's purely of good heart either. It's important to understand we just don't understand everything <laughs> and we won't right because there's a lot of deception there's a lot of trickery and, and the cool thing is is that jesus kind of like he tells us we're like above that like we get to skip that whole level of having to try to figure everything out i'm not saying we shouldn't be informed or we shouldn't know things but he helps us to skip that whole like that this is what life's about and he says no actually there's a lot of problems here on earth and there will be that's okay i've got a better purpose for you i've got a higher purpose for you i've got a higher calling for you but it's important for us to keep ourselves humble right um we all think we're the ones with 2020 vision and everybody else can't see it clearly but we all see it dimly right we all see everything dimly we can only see it like but when, we, when we're with him we'll see everything clearly and we'll be able to look back and say I told you so about that, and wow, I was way off about that. This is part of humility, though. This is part of the church needs this, right? Because we can become so arrogant, and it's it's amazing, like, when you're right or you think you're right about something, how terrible of a person you sound, you can sound like. <laughs> you can sound terrible. You can be completely right and 100% wrong in the way you deliver it. And so people are like, oh, cool, you're right about one thing, but I definitely don't like Jesus if you're the interpretation of Jesus, and that is not who he was. So we've got to be careful. We have to be careful. And it's also important that we are more deceived than we could ever imagine, and the more pride we have, the higher the chances we are, are of being deceived, and the more damage our deception will do god wants us to minister in humility which it, this is what humility looks like building each other up not building ourselves up it's not about us it's about others right pride is the absolute opposite that's why pride and the will of god they just don't go together right like when he wants to have full they don't work together so this is the only way humility is the only way again uh, I've mentioned it before, Humility, the book Humility by Andrew Murray is unreal, and it's short. I think I read it in a day. It's like, I don't know, it's very short, but worth it, uh, because humility, it, it, he makes the point that this is the, one of the, pride is the biggest killer to God moving on in our lives and through our lives and in the church so much pride in the church and we've deceived ourselves into thinking we're doing the right thing because we've got potentially some truth in there no this is the truth we are to be humble and love one another so 
Examine yourself. Look at yourself. Verse 4 speaks to that. But let each one test his own work, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. Testing speaks of examining. We want to examine ourselves or we want to put our lives under the microscope of Scripture and of, hey, is there pride rooted in this? We've got to ask ourselves these questions. Pride will not restore. Pride will tear down because pride's about you. Restoration is about others. We want to restore one another. We want to use our energies and resources to build each other up. That is how a society is built this is how a movement is started, is people loving one another and lifting them up as opposed to tearing one another down. Test your own work. Test your own work. And, and then his reason to boast will be in himself alone and not in his neighbor. We want to be producing the real thing, a life leading to life. And we don't want to deceive ourselves or judge ourselves based off of other people's work right? Grading on the curve. We don't want it to be like, well, I'm a lot better than other people, or actually I'm, you know, I make more sense than them, or I'm better than them, or I'm worse than them. That None of that is the point, right? We just want to be honest where, where we are and say, God, here's where I'm at. Can you work with this? And, and the answer is yes. He can work with us. If we can put our pride down, we can say, well, here I am. Work with me. Can you do something with this? And, and he, that's where he meets us. Humility. Only through humility. Um, verse 5. For each will have to bear his own load. This might sound a little bit like a contradiction from, you know, the beginning. We're saying like, carry each other's burdens. But now you have to carry, each person is to carry his own load. Well, the, the words really mean something different where the burden is like a heavy burden or like a heavy weight, one that's not meant to be carried on your own, but the load is actually has some kind of backpack-like connotations where it's basically like what you've been tasked to do, what God has given you to do personally and individually. This is what we're tasked to do and, and this is what we will answer for at the judgment seat of Christ. This is where we're going to be. This is the resources I gave you. These are the opportunities I've given you. These are the gifts I've given you. What have you done with the task I've given you? What have you done with the part of the body that I've called you to be to minister in this way? If we're looking at ourselves with humility and we're looking at ourselves with honesty, we'll recognize we just got to grow so much more. But if we stay humble, We'll recognize it's not about ourselves and we will want to be used by God. And all the anxiety and all the fear of, oh, am I doing it right or whatever, all that goes away because it's not about you. So you don't really care what other people think of you in the sense of, um, man, I, I hope I look good in front of them. You start thinking like, God, all I care about is pleasing you, showing, uh, showing the world who you are, my piece of the puzzle, my part of the body. Uh, we will not have stock in being better or worse than some, but how faithful we were with our task or our calling. We don't have to worry about all that stuff. We will bear our own load. We will be before him and say, how do we live? Because it matters how we live. It matters. You know, it's like 
What do we do with the, with the opportunities that God has given us? What do we do with the talents that he's given us? Do we just bury them or do we use them? Do we invest them? And then there's more returns and then he gives us more to do. And this is the whole point. We're called to lead. We are called to lead wherever we can in restoration and in personally those around us and the whole community. We are called as Christians to to be those who help to reconcile our, we reconcile or reconcile before God ourselves and to reconcile others before him. Restoration. There are many, many, many brothers and sisters uh, who are struggling and who are caught up. And like I said, we've all been there. We might be there right now. If you're there, you just got to be honest about that, right? And don't just say, oh, whatever. I'm not really going to deal with this. I'm not going to worry about this. We all need to be honest about this. If I'm caught up, I need to recognize that this is a serious problem. And um, that also means I'm being lied to. I'm being deceived. I'm being suffocated. This is not where I belong. So the cool news, the cool thing is, is that God is ready to restore us. If you're not necessarily in that place, but you see those around you, look for ways to help and restore them. Being mindful of your own heart, your own attitude, no pride. You have nothing to bring to the table. It is him alone that does it. God wants to use us. He wants to use us. Like we are, there's a mission. That's like why I thought operation restoration. It's like we're called to a mission before, before the world. Like he has called us to be restored to him. That's the whole point. That's why Jesus came and to show others that they can be restored before him. Because we don't even know how much, how detrimental this is to us. Like we need that relationship with, with God. Like we were made for it. You know, it's like the effects, Tori and I were talking about the effects of like a father on a family and on the kids and how the effects are so much greater than uh, I think she was saying it was a message by Charles Swindoll about this and how the effects are so much greater than anything we could have ever imagined or more than you could even think, right? And that it's super, super important whether you recognize it or realize it or not, it's really important. So for us, we need to recognize that this is the same way. Whether you realize it or not, you were meant to be in this relationship with God and if you're not, he wants to restore that. So if you've been off on your own and, and sin has gripped your life and you've been overtaken and it's it's like you don't want this to turn into something where it's a lifestyle thing and, and it is now your identity, just draw near to him. It's his heart to restore. And if you see others in that position, uh, come to restore them. If also, if you're struggling with this, go to someone and have them be part of this, right? Ask for prayer. Say, I'm overtaken in sin. Can you help me? I'm messed up. Like, I've allowed this to stick around for too long. If you don't know who to go to, please contact us. Like, please call me, whatever. Leave a message, whatever it is. We'd love to talk to you about this. But like, God wants to restore us to that right relationship with him where, where there is fellowship and communion and life. And then you get to be part of seeing others being restored. And we stay in that grace because we recognize 
It is so easy for all of us to slip. It's so easy for all of us to fall. And we are constantly being deceived. And, and we just need to keep our eyes on Jesus because, man, in this world, we do not have 2020 vision. But he does. So we need to keep our eyes on him and let him lead us. He's like our guide. We're like the blind. We're just following him. Lord, show me where to go because I can't see all the pitfalls. I can't see all the stumbling blocks. Just take me and move me on. Take me to where I need to go, Lord. So hope you're encouraged. Hope that, that this blesses you and you're, you know, are uh, just thinking about this, right? Because God wants to do this work in our lives. Last week, we kind of talked about that we really, he really does, can change us. Like he really can change us. And that change is a restoration. God, love a good restoration right a car that was rusted out and looked terrible and it's beautiful we love this we love seeing these things we love movies about people being projects that are restored god puts that on our heart why because that's what he wants to do in us and there's something we find like the ultimate beauty in something that is uh kind of tossed away and seemingly has no value being brought and restored to ultimate value that is what Jesus done.